Chapter Eight of the Gold of Fairnilee. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Gold of Fairnilee by Andrew Lang. Chapter Eight: The Ill Years. So autumn came and all the hillsides were golden with the heather and the red coral berries of the rowan trees hung from the boughs and were wet with the spray of the waterfalls in the burns and days grew shorter and winter came with snow but randall never came back to fairnilee season after season passed and year after year Lady Kerr's hair grew white like snow, and her face thin and pale, for she fasted often, as was the rule of her church. All this was before the Reformation, and she slept little, praying half the night for Randall's sake, and she went on pilgrimages to many shrines of the saints, to St. Boswell and St. Rule's, hard by the great cathedral of st andrews on the sea nay she went across the border as far as the abbey of st albans and even to st thomas's shrine of canterbury taking jean with her many a weary mile they rode over hill and dale and many an adventure they had and ran many dangers from robbers and soldiers disbanded from the wars but at last they had to come back to Fairnilee, and a sad place it was, and silent without the sound of Randall's voice in the hall, and the noise of his hunting horn in the woods. None of the people wore mourning for him, though they mourned in their hearts, for to put on black would look as if they had given up all hope. Perhaps most of them thought they would never see him again, but Jeanie was not one who despaired. The years that had turned Lady Kerr's hair white made Jean a tall, slim lass, very bonny, everyone said, and the country folk called her the Flower of Tweed. The Yarrow folk had their Flower of Yarrow, and why not the folk of Tweedside? It was now six years since Randall had been lost, and Jeanie was grown a young woman, about seventeen years old. She had always kept a hope that if Randall was with the Fairy Queen, he would return, perhaps, in the seventh year. People said, on the countryside, that many a man and woman had escaped out of Fairyland after seven years' imprisonment there. Now the sixth year since Randall's disappearance began very badly, and got worse as it went on, just when spring should have been beginning. In the end of February, there came the most dreadful snowstorm. It blew and snowed and blew again, and the snow was as fine as the dust on the road in summer. The strongest shepherds could not hold their own against the tempest, and were smored or smothered in the waste the flocks moved down from the hillsides down and down 
till all the sheep on the farm would be gathered together in a crowd under the shelter of a wood in some deep dip of the hills the storm seemed as if it would never cease for thirteen days the snow drifted and the wind blew there was nothing for the sheep to eat and if there had been hay enough it would have been impossible to carry it to them the poor beasts bit on the wool of each other's backs and so many of them died that the shepherds built walls with the dead bodies to keep the wind and snow away from those that were left alive there could be little work done on the farm that spring and summer came in so cold and wet that the corn could not ripen but was levelled to the ground then autumn was rainy and the green sheaves lay out in the fields and sprouted and rotted so that little corn was reaped and little flour could be made that year then in winter and as spring came on the people began to starve they had no grain and there were no potatoes in those days and no rice nor could corn be brought in from foreign countries so men and women and children might be seen in the fields with white pinched faces gathering nettles to make soup and digging for roots that were often little better than poison they ground the bark of the fir trees and mixed it with the little flour they could get and they ate such beasts as never are eaten except in time of famine it is said that one very poor woman and her daughter always looked healthy and plump in these dreadful times till people began to suspect them of being witches and they were taken and charged before the sheriff with living by witchcraft and very likely they would have been burned so they confessed that they had fed ever since the famine began on snails but there were not snails enough for all the countryside even if people had cared to eat them so many men and women died and more were very weak and ill lady kerr spent all her money in buying food for her people jean and she lived on as little as they could and were as careful as they could be they sold all the beautiful silver plate except the cup that randall's father used to drink out of long ago but almost everything else was sold to buy corn so the weary year went on and the midsummer night came round the seventh since the night when randall was lost then jean did what she had always meant to do in the afternoon she slipped out of the house of fernie lee taking a little bread in a basket and saying that she would go to see the farmer's wife at peel which was on the other side of tweed but her mind was to go to the wishing well there she would wish for randall back again to help his mother in the evil times and if she too passed away as he had passed out of sight and hearing then at least she might meet him in that land where he had been carried how strange it seemed to jean to be doing everything over again that she had done seven years before then she had been a little girl and it had been hard work for her to climb up the side of the peel burn now she walked lightly and quickly 
for she was tall and well-grown. Soon she reached the crest of the first hill and remembered how she had sat down there and cried when she was a child, and how the flies had tormented her. They were buzzing and teasing still, for good times or bad make no difference to them, as long as the sun shines. Then she reached the cairn at the top of the next hill, and far below her lay the forest, and deep within it ran yarrow, glittering like silver. Jean paused a few moments, and then struck into the green path which led through the wood. The path wound beneath dark pines. Their topmost branches were red in the evening light, but the shade was black beneath them. Soon the path reached a little grassy glade, and there among cold, wet grasses was the wishing well. It was almost hidden by the grass, and it looked very black and cool and deep. A tiny trickle of water flowed out of it, flowed it down to join the yarrow. The trees about it had scraps of rags and other things pinned to them, offerings made by the country people to the spirits of the well. End of chapter 8 Recording by John Brandon